Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Can I just say how happy I am that y'all are here? Seriously, the fact that y'all show up to let me speak into your earbuds is one of the greatest honors I've ever had. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Now, y'all, I am excited for today's episode. And I'm just going to warn you, I'm about to get fired up because we are going to be talking about a topic that is extremely important to me, and that is how to break free and ditch diet culture. Dieting and the culture that surrounds it has honestly stolen what feels like years of my life and my precious energy, causing me to feel deep shame about my body starting at a very young age and holding myself back from simply living life and loving myself as I am. And I know I'm not alone in this. Now, I am not going to stand around any longer and watch other women and men and people fall victim to the BS lies that the media and the diet industry has sold us all these years so that together we can change the legacy that we leave for the next generation. Y'all can you tell I'm passionate about this just a little bit. All right, let's dive on in. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way. Mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. Okay, friends. Now, I want to ask you a question and I just want you to kind of, you know, quietly answer this in your head or out loud if you so choose. When you think about your body, what comes up for you? What are the thoughts that come up for you? When you think about your body, what thoughts come up for you? Now, I'll be honest with you. The thoughts that I feel about my body now have changed pretty drastically over the last few years. And thank goodness for that. But I still have days when I don't feel super great about my body. But what that conversation used to look like just a few short years ago and the majority of my life up until then, the thoughts I had about my body were, generally speaking, very negative. I had a lot of really deep-rooted shame that I felt about my body and the way that it looked and its shape and its size and it creases and its folds and its bumps and it lumps. I had all sorts of opinions and all sorts of things to say about my body. And pretty much all of them were pointing out ways that my body was wrong, was flawed, was ugly, was broken. And the conversations that I had in the mirror looking at my body were not conversations that I would have with a dear friend that I love. I'll say that. You know, it was me looking in the mirror saying, oh, you're so gross. You're a fat, ugly pig. No one could ever love you like this. How did you let yourself get this way? And it was just these self-shaming, judgmental, defeating thoughts that I would have about my body. And they started, honestly, at a really young age. I want to ask you another question, and that is, Looking back at your life, how old do you remember being when you first felt shame or embarrassment about your body? 
how old were you? Now, I can't remember the exact age that I was when I first felt shame about my body, but if I really had to guess, I would probably say around four or five, like around the age that I started going to school, which really breaks my heart because that's how old my nieces are right now. And to think that they are at an age when they start, they might start feeling these thoughts and feelings about their own body, just, oh, it shatters me. It absolutely shatters me. But when I was little, I really started to feel like maybe something was wrong with my body because number one, I didn't look like a lot of the other kids. I was definitely a bigger kid in this bigger body. I couldn't wear the same size clothes as my friends or my cousins. I didn't look anything like the Barbies that I was playing with or the beautiful women and girls that I saw on TV. And the other thing was that the women in my life around me, even if they weren't saying things explicitly about my body, I heard them saying things about their body, which made me think, oh, well, if they hate their body and they feel like they need to lose weight, then I should probably hate mine and try to lose weight too. And I think so many of, of the beliefs and thoughts that I had and about my body growing up, I think some of them were inherited from my mom, from my grandma, from my aunts, from my cousins. And I think some of them I was just conditioned to believe by the media and the culture that I was raised in. That maybe some of these thoughts and beliefs that I felt about my body, they weren't really mine in the first place. They were other people's thoughts and beliefs that I brought on and held close to my heart and believed about myself. You know, I remember being a little kid and, you know, when we were little girls, you know, going for birthday parties, one of the the favorite birthday party ideas was to go shopping with all your girlfriends, right? Like go to the mall, which was not very close to us, but go to the mall and go shopping to buy some new fun clothes for school. And it was, you know, fun. But to be honest, these birthday party trips were kind of anxiety ridden for me because as a young girl, I didn't fit into the kids' clothes. You know, I had to fit into the juniors when I was a little kid. And then when I was a junior, I had to shop in the misses and the women's, and I couldn't shop at the same stores that my friends did. When we would walk into boutiques, I would go and look at the accessories and the shoes because I knew that that was the only thing in the store that would fit me. And that made me feel big shame. You know, like I have some PTSD, I think, about prom dress and winter formal dress shopping. It was some of the worst experiences of my life. Because you go in to try to find this beautiful dress for this wonderful day of dancing and fun with your friends and trying to find something that fit me, let alone something I actually liked, it felt impossible. It was so disheartening every single time and really took the wind out of my sails. I also would compare my, my body to the other kids my age when it came to going to pool parties or going to the beach. I was that kid that wore big baggy shorts, would borrow big t-shirts from my brothers because I wanted to hide myself. I didn't want anyone to see me or my body. And I thought that wearing big baggy clothes would, would keep them from knowing what my body actually looked like. I mean, I had deep shame. I wouldn't even wear clothes that showed my knees. Like anything that hit above the knees, I had, did not wear until probably after college, if I'm being honest. I just didn't want anyone to see my legs. I felt so much shame about my legs. 
about bathing suits, about sleeveless arms. I had the opportunity to be a cheerleader and I opted to be the mascot. Like I said, instead of wearing a skirt in public, I would rather wear a big, sweaty, furry dog suit than have people see me. I mean, the shame that I felt was huge. It was huge. And at a very young age, I decided that I was going to change it. Not the way that I felt about my body, but I was convinced that I was going to change my body because my body was a problem that needed to be solved. At least that's what I was taught to believe. Not explicitly, but I think that's what a lot of us are taught to believe. It's the culture that we grew up in. It's the diet industry. If you have deep shame about your body, about your body size, about how much you weigh, about what you look like, I want you to know that's not your fault. Like we don't come into this world feeling shame about our bodies. That is something that is taught to us by the people around us and by the media and the culture we grew up in. It's not your fault. And I want to go a step further because when I talk about this, when I talk about the shame that I felt for my body, about that relationship that I had with myself at a very young age, my mom has come to me and said, oh my gosh, Kaya, I'm so sorry. Did I do this to you? And that breaks my heart. Listen, it's not our parents' fault. It's not our aunt's fault. It's not our grandparents' fault. Because guess what? They were victims of diet culture too. And growing up, I want you all to know that I had wonderful parents that loved me dearly. I have to be compassionate to the fact that them encouraging me to go on a diet when I was younger wasn't because they didn't love me, but it was because they were victims of diet culture too, telling them in order for your child to be healthy, she has to weigh a certain amount of weight. And the way to fix this is to restrict her food. You know, it's not my parents' fault. I don't want my mom to feel guilty about anything because I know, you know, I'm not a mom yet, but I know that I'm going to make lots of mistakes when I'm a mom. And it's not about trying to point the fingers at a person for doing this to us or for teaching us these things. I think it's instead for us to be aware of, of what we've been absorbing growing up, not just us, but our parents too. I don't hold anything against my parents. I know that they love me so deeply, but I also know that the reason that they were talking about their bodies, the reason that they were constantly on a diet was because they were products of the culture, of diet culture too. It's not your fault that you feel shame for your body. It's maybe not even your parents' fault. It's the diet industry. And y'all, let's just break down some of the reasons why the diet industry is honestly, excuse my language, total bullshit and why we need to take it down and burn it. It's a little dramatic, but I feel very strongly about this. So for those of you that don't realize, I'm sure you guys recognize that the diet industry is huge, right? Like we see it everywhere. It is everywhere that we turn. It's on the cover of magazines. It's in advertisements on the radio, on TV, on streaming sites. It's on social media. It's even, it's even on the bags of food that we buy at the grocery store. I mean, labeling things as skinny in itself. I mean, that is diet culture, right? It's telling you eat these things in order to be thin and skinny. I mean, that is diet culture even in our grocery store, it has infiltrated every single aspect of our lives. And the diet industry is huge. The diet industry in the United States alone is worth more than $72 billion. Yep, that is billion with a B. And the thing about it is it's almost, it's almost like big kudos to you, big diet culture, because what it's done is pretty remarkable. It has created 
loyal, returning customers while continuing to sell something that doesn't work. I mean, think about it. When I first started my first diet, I think I was 10, and I did the Atkins diet with my parents, okay? Did it, worked for a little bit, and then it didn't. Like story of my life with every single diet. So what did I do after diet after the Atkins diet failed me? I decided, well, maybe it's just not the right diet. So I went back to the drawing board and just picked another one from the hat. Then it was Weight Watchers. Then it was the shakes. Then it was this. Then it was that. I kept going back more and more and more again and again and again, even though every single diet that I did left me feeling more hopeless and defeated than the last. But around every corner was a new solution that they were selling me. And I was a returning loyal customer. I mean, think about it, y'all. And the thing about the diet industry is that it preys on and it perpetuates body insecurities by convincing us that our bodies are problems to be solved. And it is everywhere. I mean, it's saying, you know, burn fat fast, lose 20 pounds in three days, shed the weight, melt away the cellulite, drop the pounds, and the list goes on and on and on. They are pointing out pictures, they're pointing out body characteristics and convincing us that we have a problem, that we have a problem and they have a solution, right? Around every corner, we are told there is something wrong with us and that they have something to help us fix it. But the hard truth about diets, my friends, is that 95%, 95% of diets fail and most people regain their lost weight within one to five years. Now, keeping this in mind, I think it's really interesting because where I'm at in my health journey, I have lost hundred pounds within the last three years. Okay. So I'm within this window, right? I'm within this one to five year window. And I think it's really interesting to think about this and to think about my approach to health. And if I'm doing this in a diet culture way or in a different way so that I don't become another part of the statistic. Now, when we think about diets and the fact that they prey on our insecurities, it's not hard to do because three out of four women admit to having unhealthy thoughts and behaviors related to food or their bodies. And honestly, it's hard for me not to believe that all women, you know, like most women have insecure thoughts about their body. So they see this weakness that touches almost all of us. And they say, let's dig into there because they'll spend money to fix and change that thing. And the other thing that's worse, not only did 95% of diets fail, which let's just think about that number for a second. Like if someone, if you had a car, okay, that broke down and you were looking for, um, you know, a mechanic to help you fix it, but you went onto that mechanic's website and it says that it has a 95% failure rate, would you keep going back to it? No, of course not. But we keep going back to diets. And the even more harmful thing about dieting is that one in four occasional dieters, which I think is a lot of us, like raise your hand if you're a yo-yo dieter, like yes, been there, done that on and off and on and off. I was absolutely an occasional dieter, one in four occasional dieters turn into having full-blown eating disorders. So not only does research show us that diets do not work, that if they do work, they don't work long-term, but not only that, but they can be way more harmful than they are beneficial, creating full-blown eating disorders. Now, outside of just these statistics, I want to point out the other big reason 
why most traditional diets fail and honestly why they're total bullshit. Okay. I just, I said it and I might say it again. Who knows? Now, if you listened to one of my earlier episodes, episode three, I talked all about how thoughts shape our lives. And I want to bring that into the lens of dieting. Okay. So traditional diets tell us, they say, okay, if you're overweight, you weigh X number of pounds, just eat these things, do these things, and you'll lose weight. Voila, magic, right? Here's your circumstance, do this action and create this result. Now, if it was that easy, we wouldn't have tried and failed a thousand times. Am I right? Like if it was that simple, we wouldn't have to keep coming back over and over and over again. So what's missing here? If it's not as simple as here's your circumstance, do this action, create this result, what is it that's missing? The diet industry is selling you an action, right? They're saying, eat these things, do these workouts. But what you need isn't a new action. Most of us know how to take care of our bodies. Most of us, I think, at some basic level, know how to eat healthy and know how to move our body. The action isn't what we're missing. We keep telling us, well, maybe I just haven't found the right one yet. It's not the action that we need. What we need is a new mindset, okay? So circling back to episode three and how thoughts shape our life, I talk about the think, feel, do cycle. So the way, just to recap, the way it works is our circumstances, whether or not that's your weight, they can't affect us until we have a thought about them. Those thoughts determine how we feel and how we feel then influences the actions that we do or don't take to create our results. So the diet industry is missing two huge pieces in this. It's missing the thinking and the feeling. So here's your circumstance, however much you weigh, okay? Well, how do you think about that circumstance? How do you think about your body and your weight? How do those thoughts about your body and your weight make you feel? And when you feel that way, how do you show up for yourself, right? Because this is the truth. The traditional diet industry isn't talking about the thinking and the feeling. And let's just dig deep here, okay, for how the diet industry is making us think and feel. I'm going to tell you three of the biggest things that the diet industry has taught me, okay? The first thing that dieting taught me was shame, deep shame about myself and my body and what it meant to make mistakes, okay? Dieting teaches us to view our bodies as problems to be solved. And like I said earlier, around every single corner, there is a solution. So the first thing that dieting taught me was shame. It told me that this is what health looks like. This is what the ideal body type looks like. And here is how you can get it, right? So all that did was make me think who I am, as I am, how I look, what I weigh makes me unworthy and unbeautiful. And that just made me feel shame. The second thing that it taught me was to distrust myself. Think about all of the silly rules that we have learned over the years from diet industry. I mean, it is mind boggling, honestly, like all of the mixed messages, like just think through with me for a second. What are some of the rules, quote unquote rules that you've learned over the years about dieting? And as you know, the, the rules change all the time, right? Like, oh, one day a banana is a superfood. The next day there's way too much sugar. If you eat one, you're going to die right? Like it labels foods as good and bad. It says eat three meals a day. Wait, actually eat six small meals a day. You should actually don't do that because you should be fasting, intermittent fasting. And maybe you shouldn't eat past a certain time or you should eat breakfast. Make sure not to eat breakfast. Wait, but don't eat breakfast because we're supposed to be fasting. Like 
what on earth? How are we supposed to keep all of these rules in line? Like eat this, don't eat this, make sure you eat that, include this, take this supplement. It is, it's infuriating. Honestly, it is infuriating. And the thing is, is that all of these little rules, every single time we do a diet, we put another little rule in our head. Okay. And each of those rules is basically teaching us not to trust our own bodies. When I started this health journey, I realized that I didn't know what hunger felt like anymore. I didn't know what real hunger felt like. And I didn't know what it felt like to be satisfied. Like I didn't know how to listen to my body and how to trust my body. I was eating through the lens of all of these rules that taught me that how I felt is not how I should treat myself, right? If you're hungry, don't eat, drink water instead. If you're craving something sweet, don't eat that. You're not allowed to eat sweets. Like it just basically teaches you to tune out of yourself and your body, which by the way, our bodies are incredibly intuitive if we stop long enough to listen. And it says, don't trust yourself. Here's the rule book. Follow this recipe and everything will be good and glorious. So it taught me shame and distrust. And the third thing that it taught me as a piece of that distrust was restriction. It taught me that I needed to restrict things from my life and from my diet. And what's so crazy about it is that restriction, which is basically exactly what diets are telling you to do, right? Don't eat these things, do eat these things. Restriction is actually extremely counterintuitive. And when we restrict ourselves, a lot of times it actually encourages us to eat more or to binge eat in an even bigger way. When I first started my first diet on Atkins, it was a low carb diet, right? So I had to restrict all carbs, most carbs, I guess. I think it was allowed to have like 20 carbs a day. So I couldn't have sugary fruits. I couldn't have starchy foods. I couldn't have breads, pastas, you name it. Veggies, meat, and cheese basically, which I love all those things. Absolutely. But it was really focused on restriction. And from that place of restriction, what would happen was I felt shame about eating some of those foods. And so when I did allow myself to eat them, I would overindulge in them. Because just think about the message you're telling your brain when you restrict certain foods, okay? Your brain doesn't know that your restriction of foods is your choice, okay? Your body is just telling you, I'm hungry and I'm not being fed that must mean that food is scarce. That must mean there must be a famine. And if your body thinks that food is scarce, it is going to hold on to food even longer. And when it's available again, when you do allow yourself to eat, you're going to overindulge. Your brain saying, oh my gosh, now we're allowed to eat this thing. Well, we better eat a crap ton of it because we don't know if there's going to be another famine around the corner. And if you're someone who yo-yo diets, your brain's probably right because every yo-yo diet is like you putting your body through another famine. Think about that, y'all. What I would do, because I wasn't allowed to have potato chips and, and carbs and things like that, when I did allow myself to have them, I would binge eat them. I distinctly remember sitting in the back pantry of my grandma's house, hiding in secrecy, binge eating potato chips binge eating them. Because I had restricted myself as a kid from enjoying these foods, I didn't know how to do it anymore. All I knew was that I'm probably not going to get to have these again for a really long time, so I'm going to eat as much as my belly can withstand. It created disordered eating and feelings about food. Traditional dieting taught me to feel shameful, distrust, and restriction. And if you think about those thoughts and feelings that come from those, 
these thoughts about my body not being worthy, beautiful, and enough just as it was, these feelings of deep shame, when I felt those things, how do you think I showed up for myself? Not in a great way. And when we think about how the diet industry is really teaching us to approach, quote unquote, health, equating health to thinness or weight loss, honestly, they're doing a really great job because it continues to fail every single time and we keep coming back for more. Oof, it makes me so angry and so frustrated. I felt like a victim to it for so long and I'm ready for all of us to band together and break free. Now we're going to take a quick break and when we return, we're going to chat a little bit more about how we can break free from diet culture together to finally create a healthy life that we love. Talk to you in a sec. Hey there, friends. I just wanted to pop in really quick and see if you're looking to ignite your transformation for creating a healthier life that you love from the inside out. If so, I've got some good news. If you're willing to give me 10 minutes a day for just five days, I just recently launched my new five-day kickstart. In five days, you're going to learn my signature coaching framework, helping hundreds of women around the world ditch diet culture. I'm also going to share the five action steps that you need to start doing right now to ignite that health transformation. And they're likely not what you've been taught from diet programs. And I'm also going to be giving you strategies to create lasting change in your life from the inside out. And the good news, friends, it's 100% free. If you're ready to join the free five-day kickstart, visit coachkaya.com to get started. All right, back to the show. I want to share a quick story with you. When I started my health journey, again, for this last time, I was still living in Kentucky and it was fairly early on into my health journey, okay? And I really wanted to do and approach health this time in a new way, not in the restrictive dieting way that I had done so many other times that had failed me before in the past. Now, it wasn't about restricting myself, but it was more about being intentional with how I fueled my body, being really aware about how foods made me feel, what made me feel satisfied, what foods I enjoyed, and tuning into that. And I really focused on being intentional about honoring that. Now, early on in my journey, I went with some friends to a pizza place for a friend's birthday party. We were celebrating his birthday and we all got together and it was so much fun. Now, as we sat down before that evening, I had already, you know, kind of made a plan in my mind of like, okay, I really would just like to eat a salad tonight. I know that that's going to make my body feel good. It's going to honor my body well and fuel it in a way that it deserves. I'm going to eat a salad tonight. And so we went to dinner and as we sat down, people all ordered a bunch of appetizers for the table. And all of the appetizers that were ordered were bread-based, okay? Like delicious, hot, fresh breadsticks and pizza twists and all of these delicious carb-loaded foods. Now, in the back of my head, I had all of these voices coming up about why I couldn't eat the foods. And I think a lot of it was because of all these diet rules that I had told myself for so long, right? Like, bread is bad. Carbs are bad. You can't eat that. You are only allowed to eat salads. Like all of these thoughts came up and I could feel myself sitting there feeling so damn sorry for myself, like a victim to all of these diet rules. 
Like I can't just sit here and eat a breadstick with my friends at this party. And I was just having like a full-blown internal pity party over there, okay? Now, what I realized after the fact, like in hindsight, was that I was sitting there feeling victim to diet culture and these diet rules by telling myself that I can't. I still had this restrictive mentality in the back of my mind. But this is this is where things changed, and it was a mindset shift that changed for me. It wasn't diet rules or diet culture that gets to decide what I eat and how I feel my body. Because guess what? I can have a breadstick. I can have whatever in the hell I want. I am a grown-ass woman, and so are you, or a grown-ass man or a grown-ass person. I can have whatever I want, but I get to make empowered choices on how I'm going to honor my body. And changing that mindset from this victim mentality, this victim of, of diet culture, instead to being like, no, I'm in the driver's seat and I get to choose how to honor my body made me feel so much more confident in those decisions and trusting of myself and my own hunger cues and my desires. And that mindset shift was everything. How can we take back our power from the diet culture that we were born in? How can we take back our power from all of these diet rules that have taught us to distrust ourselves? How do we break free? I think one of the best ways to start when it comes to breaking free from diet culture is changing the conversation internally and externally. And I I kind of shared that just now with the ownership piece. But I think when it comes to changing the conversation, I think we need to recognize that dieting is really focused on changing your outward appearance. Like, yes, people say that they're dieting in the name of health. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But I want you to recognize that dieting is typically focused on changing your appearance about your body. And I think before we should focus on trying to change our bodies and change that circumstance, change our weight, I think first we have to find a way to make peace with our bodies. And I think the best way that I know how to make peace with your body, the way that I learned to start making peace with my own was by rooting myself in gratitude first instead of judgment. I asked you at the beginning of this episode, what thoughts come up for you about your body? And I shared that the thoughts I used to feel about my body were awful, awful thoughts. And so the beginning of my journey, separate from even how I, you know, fueled my body with food and how I moved my body, the first piece of my journey had to start with shifting the way that I spoke to myself by rooting myself in gratitude. And I want you to meet yourself where you're at with this, okay? I know it might not be easy for you to, you know, look in the mirror and say, great, well, I love myself. Because just saying that you love yourself and your body, if it doesn't feel true, it's not enough to really make an impact. We have to be be honest with ourselves and meet ourselves where we're at. When I started my health journey, I'll be straight up. I wasn't at a place where I could look in the mirror and say, I love my body, okay? It didn't feel honest or true. It felt like a bold-faced lie. So instead, I met myself where I was at, and instead I said, I'm just grateful that I have a body. I'm grateful that I have a body, that I have air in my lungs, a heart being in my chest. I'm grateful that today I had two strong legs to get me out of bed. I may not love these arms quite yet, but I am so grateful for these arms that allow me to embrace the people that I love, for this body that carries me through this life and for the gift of another day. Even if you're at a place where you're not ready to love your body yet, I think that whatever wherever you're at right now, whatever you look like, whatever you weigh, whatever your body looks like, 
there is absolutely ways that you can find gratitude for yourself and your body right now. Even if it's just simply gratitude for the fact that you have a body, that today you got another day to wake up because not everybody did. How can we start changing that internal conversation? How can we shift it from judgment to appreciation? And it's, it's baby steps, right? We talk all about baby steps here. And I want you to recognize that you changing that conversation with yourself and your body and building that relationship with yourself, it takes baby steps. We can't go from hating our bodies to loving them overnight. So be gentle and be patient with yourself. Start by rooting yourself in gratitude. I want you to write out, grab a journal or a sticky note or write a note in your phone. And I just want you to answer this question. Without losing a single pound or changing anything about your body, what is something that you appreciate about your body right now as it is? Without changing a single thing, what do you appreciate about your body right now? And I want you to write it down. I think there's so much power in putting pen to paper or even putting it in your phone if that's easier for you. And if you need the reminder to change that conversation, especially when you look in the mirror, go a step further, write it on a sticky note and slap it on the mirror and have that be an opportunity for you to have some appreciation and gratitude for yourself and your body. We've got to flip the script, okay? Now, maybe it's been years of you hating your body that have gotten you to this point. Years of diet culture telling you why your body is a problem to be solved. So be patient with yourself and recognize that this conversation, this internal dialogue is going to take time to fully change and recognize that those negative thoughts about your body might continue to come up, but we don't have to give them the energy anymore. We can flip the script and give our energy to something else. Give our energy to gratitude to allow that conversation to change. Now, from that place of love and gratitude, this is where we can really begin to show up for ourselves and take care of ourselves well. Instead of trying to focus on how do I need to diet in order to change my body and lose weight, how can we instead say, how can I create a lifestyle that I love, that I don't want to escape from, that I'm not counting down the days to quit on? and find ways to enjoy the process. How can I find joy in this journey of creating a healthy life that I love? And how does this look across all different ways of caring for yourself? Like when it comes to nourishing your body, instead of focusing on the things that you can't have and restricting things and, and labeling foods as good and bad, which I think is ridiculous, there are no bad foods, how can we instead say, how can I eat foods that I love, that I enjoy, like actually enjoy the taste of, that also make my body feel really good? Because listen, if you love Oreo cookies, if you love molten lava cake, like, mm, so good, give me all the chocolate. It's okay to eat chocolate and recognize that eating chocolate in a way that makes your body feels good can help you rebuild that trust, right? Like, I love chocolate. And because I don't restrict chocolate for myself anymore, I don't have to go and binge an entire sleeve of Oreo cookies. I can have a few because I enjoy them. And because having a few doesn't make my body feel miserable. So how can we eat foods that we love that also make our body feel good instead of focusing on restriction? The second thing is how can we create a lifestyle that we love, including forms of movement that we love? Diet culture taught me that foods were good and bad, and it also taught me that exercise was a punishment. I felt shame for my body and I used exercise as a tool for punishing my body and changing it. And instead, I want you to see movement as a gift. 
The ability to move your body is a gift and finding ways to approach exercise in a joyful way through joyful movement, seeing it as an opportunity to celebrate what your body can do instead of punishing it will change everything. Listen, if you hate running and you're just running because you think it's going to help you lose weight, stop it. If you hate running, you don't need to run, okay? The way that I started my health journey, because I committed to learning to enjoy the process, was I did free YouTube dance videos in my living room, okay? Because I hated running at the time. I hated working out in public at the time. I met myself where I was at and I said, what is a way that I can move my body that doesn't feel like torture and punishment? What is a way that I can move my body that feels joyful? And that has really helped me change my relationship with movement instead of diet culture, stealing joy out of it for me. And the next thing is I want y'all to celebrate your wins, big and small, okay? To create this environment of encouragement instead of shame. When I was dieting in the past, I felt shame for my body. And so I would try to quote unquote fix it with a diet, right? Through restriction, And then when I made a mistake on my diet, I would shame myself even more for making mistakes. There was no part of it that was about celebration unless it meant that I was losing weight on the scale. But this is the thing. I want you guys to think about your health in a bigger picture than just the scale. In fact, I want to give you permission right now to break up with the scale if you have to, okay? Now, the scale is is a neutral thing, right? I know we have complicated relationships with the scale, Trust me, I get it. But really all a scale is, is a tool that collects data about our body. That's all it does. You get on it and it gives you a number. Simple as that. Now we have a lot of emotions that we attach to it and the number that we see on that scale. Okay. And I recognize that. And if you see the scale as being this, this place of tension for you, if you feel like you have this complicated relationship with it, if every time you get on the scale, it negatively affects your mood and how you feel about yourself, I want you to just put it away. I want you to just hide it in the back of your closet because there are other ways to measure success in your health and wellness that have nothing to do with the scale, okay? How can we celebrate our wins beyond just boiling down our wins to meaning weight loss? I want you guys to think about your health and well-being as being, being more than just your mass, right? Like, Weight, yes, weight can affect our health, absolutely. But there are so many other ways to measure our well being, and perhaps, honestly, better ways to measure our well being. What about our strength? How strong do you feel? How can you celebrate getting stronger every single day? What about your consistency? The way that we build self confidence is by showing up for ourselves. And every day that you show up to honor yourself, mentally, physically, emotionally, is like depositing another coin in that self confidence bank, right? How can you see consistency in your wellness as something to be celebrated? What about sleep and rest? Rest and sleep impact our health in huge, huge ways. And yet, We often sacrifice that first when it comes to achieving different things or even losing weight. How can you celebrate increased sleep, increased hydration? What about your mood and your mental health? That is crucial. Mental health is health. How can you celebrate an increase in your overall mood and your mental health as a part of this journey? Because exercise Yeah, it can be a part of a weight loss story, but exercise can also increase your mood. It can increase your sleep. It can increase your strength. Those are all great ways to measure health beyond the scale. What about your relationships? 
What about your relationship health? What about measuring your health with blood work and labs? How can we find different ways to measure progress besides weight? Diet culture has taught us to put all of our worth into our bodies and our mass. It's convinced us that to be loved, to be happy, to be worthy means to be thin or maybe curvy in all the right ways. And what's so fascinating, I saw this post on social media, is the way that our ideal vision of beauty has changed so much throughout the beginning of time, right? Like the vision of beauty continues to change. In some periods of time, curvier women were seen as more beautiful. In other periods of time, really skinny and thin girls were seen as more beautiful. The, the measure of beauty and the standards of beauty depend on where you live, the culture you grew up in, and the time period that you're in. How can we stop looking outside of ourselves for what is beautiful and stop seeing our physical beings, our physical body, our size, our mass, our shape as being our measure of worth because it's not. The truth is that what we want most in our life isn't to be thin, isn't to be curvy, isn't to be, you know, look a certain way. What we want most is love, connection, belonging, confidence, freedom, joy, and dieting, diet culture has taught us that all of those things are on the other side of looking a certain way or on the other side of weight loss. I believed that lie for so long. I believed the lie of once I'll be able to find love once I lose weight. People will like me more once I'm thin. I'll belong more and I'll have a space to shop in this freaking boutique once I lose the weight. I'll feel more confidence once I've lost weight. I'll feel more joy once I've lost weight. And the truth is, is that none of those things, love, connection, belonging, confidence, freedom, joy, none of those have anything to do with our size or our weight. And they have everything to do with how we think about ourselves. So all of those things are feelings and feelings aren't born of circumstances. Feelings are born of thought, which means they are available to us right now in the body that we have and in all forms that our body will ever be because we are human beings that will continue to change and grow and evolve. What is the thinking and the feeling piece in this? How can we find more love, connection, belonging, confidence, freedom, and joy in our health without boiling it down to meaning weight loss? It's time to take back our health and focus on the things that matter. Focus on our strength. Focus on our mental health. Focus on our confidence, our sleep, our mood, our relationships. We've got to stop giving away our power to diet culture. You are so much more than just your body. And I want you to recognize too that we've got to give ourselves grace. Okay, we've got to give ourselves grace for the moments that we don't show up and honor our bodies well, right? When we abuse our bodies, whether that be physically or mentally and emotionally, when we find ourselves thinking a lot of these lies that diet culture has taught us to believe about our bodies and our worth, give yourself grace for being a human being and recognizing that we're never going to show up perfectly. We're always going to make mistakes. We're always going to have negative thoughts. It doesn't make us bad, wrong, or broken. It makes us human. We can learn from them, dust ourselves up, and keep moving forward. Now, if you are on a health journey and you're wanting to know, is this a lifestyle change that's really going to last the long haul? Or is are the changes that I'm making in my life actually for my health or are they rooted in diet culture? Is this Am I just going to be another one of the statistics? I want you to ask yourself this question. If you knew that making these choices and making these changes in your life could increase your health, 
but would not help you lose weight. If you knew that these choices, these steps, these actions could increase your health, but not make you lose weight, would you continue doing them? If the answer is no, it's time for us to find a different way. It's time for us to get really honest about these changes that we're making. Because if weight loss is your only goal, if weight loss is your only goal behind making some of these health changes, it's not going to last. Because what if you lose the weight? Then what? Are you going to go back to normal? And what if you don't lose the weight? Are you going to give them up? Are you going to stop exercising because it doesn't mean you're going to lose weight and ignore all of the other health benefits that it has made on your mental health, on your sleep, on your mood, on your blood work, on all these other, all these other benefits. I want us to, to take back our power and recognize that our health and wellness is so much more than a number on the scale. The diet culture has stolen so much of our time, our energy by convincing us that our bodies are these problems to be solved by fueling our journeys with shame and hate and judgment, how can we flip the script? I mentioned at the beginning of this how early on it was that I started feeling deep shame about my body and that it breaks my heart to think that my young nieces, one of them just started kindergarten, one of them's in first grade, and one, a, few of, a couple of them are, are still a little bit younger, but it breaks my heart that they're at an age or close to an age that I was when I first felt shame about myself too. To think that they might be going to school and comparing themselves to their friends or their cousins or one another. And I just, I want to leave a new legacy for them. I don't want to be someone that passes down diet culture to another generation below me. I don't want to, you know, have my nieces inherit my body insecurities. I want to change the legacy. I mean, just imagine with me for a second. Imagine a new legacy, one with body acceptance, where we learn to accept our bodies through all of their changes, where we cared for them well from this place of love and gratitude, where we embraced life without self-shame holding us back rather than passing down these insecurities through generations. Imagine a legacy with diverse beauty, where beauty was seen and celebrated in ourselves and others of all shapes, sizes, colors, and abilities, where we normalized normal bodies, where we recognized that cellulite wasn't a flaw, it's just a characteristic of being a human, where this ideal that we currently see portrayed in media wasn't one size fits all, but was diverse. We could celebrate beauty in all kinds of people, of all sizes. Imagine this legacy where we knew that while our bodies, yes, they deserve to be loved and celebrated and accepted, that we as humans are so much more than just physical beings and that our worth transcends these bodies. These bodies really are just the homes to our souls, the vessels that we get to walk this life in. And because we only get one of them, yes, let's care for them well, but let's stop giving away our time and our precious energy focusing on shaming ourselves and all the ways that we're not enough because bullshit diet culture has convinced us that we aren't. And let's change the legacy. I think the way that we do that, the way we change the legacy, the way we leave a different mark is by healing our relationship with ourselves first. 
the way we help our, our nieces, our kids, and future generations to come not be victims of diet culture, the way that we do that is to heal our relationship with ourselves first. Now, I'll be honest with you all, I've been on this journey for a few years now, but I'm still breaking free. I'm still breaking free from diet culture. And I think it's a process. And I don't know yet if it's something that, you know, maybe I'll always be breaking free from it. I was so deeply immersed in it for decades. And so I'm being patient with myself and recognizing that it's going to take time, that I'm going to still have those judgmental thoughts come up, that I'm going to still have days where I struggle with my body image, where I don't feel beautiful, where I don't like the way that I look, but I can love myself through all of it. Give myself grace. I'm committed to loving and respecting my body through all of its changes. It has changed so much just in the last few years, but I'm still really young and I hope to live a long, vibrant life. And I know that as part of that, my body's going to continue to change. It'll probably lose weight. It'll probably gain weight. It'll stretch. It'll shrink. I hope to have babies one day. Lord knows that's going to change my body. And instead of seeing these changes as something that makes me less worthy, what a gift, what a gift to have a body that can change and evolve with us, to meet us where we're at in all seasons of our life. I may not like my body all the time. I may still have negative thoughts that pop up, but I'm, I'm rewriting the story for myself instead of reading diet culture scripts and allowing them to tell me who I am and why I'm worthy or not worthy. And friends, I invite you to do the same. Let's change the story. Let's leave a better legacy and let's break free from diet culture and start living our freaking lives, creating a healthy life that we love from the inside out. I'm cheering for you friends and I am walking through the trenches with you. Screw diet culture. Am I right? Amen. All right. I love y'all. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.